0: You're on educateforlife.com radio with Kevin Carnivore. And if you listen long enough your faith will become
1: Unshot. I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry. The con is over. She.
0: We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say Carnivore or Carnivore?
1: to have a conversation with kevin then call 800-243-9719 and now here's your host kevin conover
2: bring your time and bring your shame welcome to educate for life i'm your host kevin conover and my website is educateforlife.org and i've got a very special guest on the show with me today uh his name is will graham you may be familiar with his name he is the son of franklin graham and the grandson of billy graham um People who have shared the gospel, have a history of sharing the gospel all around the world, evangelists, and a real privilege to have him here. He's here in San Diego to um, give a message of hope regarding Christmas, our upcoming the, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, Will, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today.
3: Oh, well, thank you so much. It's great to be here in San Diego.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Away from the cold, right?
3: You're- well, it, when I left, it was snowing, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going back to the snow, but I'm the snow guy. I'm one of the few people that really like the snow, so... Uh, yeah. It's not real hot here right now, you'd so be, I can take it. You'd be disappointed uh, if you lived in San Diego. Yeah, I would be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, Will, I just want to thank you so much again for being on the show. And Dennis Agajanian, you're going to be um, speaking uh, this evening. Is that right? With yeah,
3: him? that's right. I'm here with uh, Dennis Agajanian, which would be probably very familiar with most of your listeners here. And uh, we're doing like a little Christmas tour, just a few little towns, uh, going through the Calvary Chapels here in the Southern California areas. And so we're in the San Diego area this uh, week. And yeah. Uh, just for a few times, and then head back uh, to Greg Laurie's church on Wednesday and head back home.
2: Okay, sounds good. Well, uh, I want to share a quick—this is from the Pew Research Center. It says, uh, The Christian share of the U.S. population is declining, while the number of U.S. adults who do not identify with any organized religion is growing, according to an extensive new survey by the Pew Research Center. It says, To be sure, the United States remains home to more Christians than any other country in the world— And a large majority of Americans, roughly 7 in 10, continue to identify with some branch of the Christian faith. Um, But the the survey ends up showing that Christians went from 78.4 in 2007 to 70.6 in 2014. It's a 7.8% decrease. And I just wanted to get um, your—I mean, you've got a big-picture perspective. This is what your ministry is all about. Mm -hmm. And I know that your father was doing the um, 50-state tour Mm -hmm. recently and uh, before the election, and I just wanted to get your feedback on what do you see happening in America as an evangelist and why are we seeing these decreasing numbers of people that identify as Christians
3: uh, Yeah, I, I, you with- see it um you know across all age spectrums uh, but uh, you see it greatly especially with the millennials and younger mm-hmm. uh, that um are don't want to identify with any type of religion and um you know, it is a growing concern, I think, among a lot of pastors and a lot of churches and a lot of denominations, for that matter. And just trying to reach those millennials, a hard, they are a hard group to reach, um, but they are reachable. There's no unreachable people out there. God can reach anybody. But that's why I think it really comes down to the preaching of the Word of God. The Word of God penetrates every heart out there. Mm. And uh, the best technique to reach people is opening the Bible and uh and sharing from it, you know, and sometimes that comes through a testimony, um, but really it comes through the word of God, that there's power in the word of God. And so many churches, so many pastors don't believe in the power of the word of God, mm. you know, that they, they believe in the word of God. You know, they think it's important. They pre- they'll they say they preach from it on Sundays, but yet they don't have an expectation that God's going to save anybody from it. But I believe that's, that's how it works. Yeah. There's yeah. power in the word of God. And, um, And I think that's the best way to reach anybody is through the Word of God. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. And so, um, to me, it's just about preaching the Word of God. That comes from you know Bible studies. It's not just sitting up in a pulpit or even on a radio. Prayer can come through a radio program. Yeah, just preaching the Word of God, and God just touches people's heart at the right moment. Someone's going through a a stressful situation. Some is you'll say something that triggers their heart. And now they're starting thinking about God for the first time in their life to yeah. start thinking about God.
2: Yeah, I noticed that on the uh, when I was watching some of the videos on the Billy Graham website, BillyGraham.org. If you're interested in checking out their ministry, it's amazing. And there's all kinds of aspects to the ministry as far as um, being kind of first responders, too, in a lot of ways, as far as reaching out with uh, help. And then Samar- Samaritan's Purse, right?
3: Yep, Samaritan's Purse is a separate organization, but it's what we. My dad runs both. Okay, so they're they're called sister organizations, but they're Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. But both of them have the same goal: reach people with the gospel through any means possible. Samaritan's Purse is more hands-on disaster relief. Yeah, third-world countries. Where uh, the Billy Graham organization is more um, proclamation evangelism. You know, doing community outreaches. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Now, um, are you, are you, when did you decide to be involved with what you're, uh, were you kind of forced into this? Were you kind of like, okay, this is what I must do now?
3: <laughs> well, I, I was uh, beat into submission. No, I'm just teasing. No, it was, um, people say, well, obviously you're an evangelist. That's in your gene pool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking about Franklin Graham and you Billy the, Graham.
2: You've got the uh, evangelizing gene.
3: Well, <laughs> it. Me. It doesn't, and I—I I guess I do, but it doesn't come necessary from an earthly father. It comes from my heavenly father. Mm. That's his gene. Yeah, and so uh, God's called me uniquely, not because I'm Billy Graham's grandson, but because He called me. That's why I'm an evangelist. Because I'm not grandson doesn't matter. Um, it's because of what God's called me to do, and so I'm grateful having the a privilege to go preach the gospel as an evangelist. I used to be a pastor. I pastor for eight years. I miss it. Mm -hmm. I've missed the pulpit and especially at Christmas time. That's where I miss it the most. And so, um, I get to preach and tell people about Jesus. One of the greatest opportunities in my life to do this great, wonderful privilege to meet new people and to proclaim the gospel in their churches as well.
2: Now, if you don't mind me asking, uh, how old are you now, today?
3: I am, well, just about to turn 42.
2: Okay, 42. I'm right behind you. Okay. I'm just about to turn 41, so.
3: Well, it's, it, it, trust me, it gets worse. Yeah, does it? <laughs> it does. I'm giving you a heads up. I'm getting gray hairs
2: here. I hit 40, I'm getting gray hairs. But uh, now, how many kids do you have?
3: I have three children in okay. there. i got a 15-year-old daughter, uh-huh. a 13-year-old daughter, and then I have an 11-year-old son.
2: Okay, so you're you're a little bit ahead of me there too. I've got a nine, seven, and four. And uh, is it true what they say about the teenage years? Is it is it harder? No,
3: or? mine have been. I, I got three wonderful kids. I mean, I really do. Okay. I mean, I've seen other kids. Yeah. I don't have any of <laughs> those problems. So <laughs> my oldest is not. Uh, I don't think she's interested in boys yet. Oh, that's and, good. And <laughs> uh, the one my, the one I worry about sometimes is my middle one. I think she's gonna she's gonna find it. She's be, she's been having a boyfriend first and everything. So my oldest is. But they all love the Lord. They're yeah. all sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's um, we're a very close-knit family, and so I'm grateful for that.
2: So real quick, this is kind of a little detour, but uh, give me a parenting tip as far as uh, what, what would you advise parents who are like, man, I want my kids to love the Lord. Uh, what maybe, you know, top three uh, things that they can do to make sure that their kids grow up loving the Lord?
3: Well, I think, I think one of the first things I would always recommend is discipline. You got to discipline kids, and it's not because I I hate my kids; it's because I love my kids. Sure. I want them to do what's right. Yeah. I want them to do better, and so you got to discipline them uh, with their behavior. Uh, discipline in sports—I mean, just like an athlete has to discipline their body, run and stuff like that—you got to discipline your body and discipline your kids. And so, uh, you know, that was one of the things. Uh, I always affirm my kids what they do. I love my kids. I'll tell them, "I love you, honey. I'm proud of you." I'm and proud of what you're doing.
2: Do you think it makes a difference as far as where they go to school? Um, because, um, again, it's a little bit of a detour, but I'm just curious to know your your uh, views on this. Um, I just ran for a Grossmont Union School Board uh, here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't win, sadly, but uh, came close, my first foyer into politics. But um, I teach at a Christian high school, and um, my kids right now are being homeschooled. Mm-hmm. So I'm all over the map here, but— what are you? Do you have a particular opinion about that as as it pertains to schools and what we're seeing
3: happen in America? Yeah, do I have so an forth? opinion? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to carry? Yeah. expound on it. Uh, let's just say I've had I got kids in all three systems. Okay. I got a homeschooler. I've had a Christian school, and I've had them in public school, all at the same time.
2: Oh wow!
3: So. Um, uh, so, I got three kids in three different school systems. Yeah. So, right now I have two kids. I, I got one kid in a public school now. My middle daughter is dyslexic. So, she goes to a special learning school. Okay. Uh, it's a private school. Uh, and, matter, matter of fact, this is one of those lessons in disguises we didn't realize is one of the best dyslexic schools in the country is in my backyard in Nashville, North Carolina. Wow. And so, she goes to this. It's called, It's a, it's part of a bigger school but the the learning disability school is called key school and so she's a member of this key school and then my son um we got about one minute left and my son goes to a uh, liberty university online okay it's an academy i've I've seen that yeah and um and so we're homeschooling through that and he does extremely well he's he's my most gifted of all my kids when it comes to school the kid's a genius and so he i mean he's done with his homework by 10 a.m he's done He's ready on to other things. That's uh, great. (laughs) And they all do pretty well in school. I'm grateful.
2: Very good. Well, my guest today is Will Graham, and uh, I hope you're enjoying our conversation so far. Uh, And uh, he is an evangelist, a worldwide evangelist. He's the grandson of Billy Graham and the son of Franklin Graham and an amazing heritage. And we're just getting some insight from him. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask him his opinion about Trump being elected. I don't know if he's allowed to talk about that or not, but uh, I will. And so stay with us. We're going to be right back. (laughs)
4: Add historic
0: American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in
1: El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. When you need tired
4: Thanks for
2: listening today. You're tuned into Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And if you would like to pick up a recording of this program or any of the others that I have, I've got all kinds of amazing programs up, interviews with former Jehovah's Witness, uh, Michael LeRae, Le- 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 and uh, also just interviewed Mark Spence, uh, who's just recently produced the movie The Atheist Delusion. You can check that out uh, on our website, educateforlife.org. My guest today is Will Graham, and he is with uh, org, the uh, BGEA, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, uh, amazing ministry. Uh, check them out online, support them, uh, get involved in uh, making a difference. And when we left off, I said, uh, Will, that I wanted to get your opinion on Trump being elected. Mm-hmm. I know your father uh, just finished the uh, decision tour mm-hmm. 2016, And um, he was kind of uh, advocating biblical uh, values, not necessarily Trump or Hillary or Mm -hmm. any particular candidate. But uh, what do you think about uh, Trump being
3: elected? Well, you know, um, that's one thing that uh, my grandfather and my dad have practiced is not trying to endorse any candidate Mm. or any party for that matter. Um, You know, I I live in the South, uh, the Southern part. I live in North Carolina and, uh, you know, there's still a lot of good conservative Democrats in the South, you know, very strong biblical base. So this is not one party or another, but we do yeah. we want to support uh, we what we believe called biblical values. Yeah. And these are, you know, like pro family, um, you know, pro religion. Um, you know, uh, these are the things that are kind of important. It's pro Israel is another big one. Mm. And so, uh, you know, with uh, Trump, we saw uh, I think there's some things around Trump. You know, neither one of these candidates. I don't. I don't think. Um, you know, you look at them. Neither one are going to be what we would think. All oh, this would be our perfect candidate. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think both sides saw it as they had flawed candidates. But I think with Trump, what we've seen is uh, he surrounded himself with good people that uh, some that who love the Lord, uh, those who love Israel. Yeah. Uh, those who support biblical values. Mike Pence. I mean, what a great guy he is.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, so. Um, You know, uh, I'm grateful for that. I think there'll be an administration with Trump that would be supportive of Christians. I think there'll be Christians in the discussion of things. Yeah. Doesn't mean that Trump still has to make the final decision. And uh, whether it was Hillary or Trump, you know, we pray that God puts good people around our leaders. Yeah. And that these leaders become like a Daniel. Yeah. That can speak into the king's ear and say, listen, I don't think this is right. We need to do something different. Yeah. And the leaders will listen to those Daniels. And that's what we've been praying for.
2: Now, did uh, did Trump ever approach the BGEA, uh, anybody Franklin or or your father or yourself?
3: Well, uh, you, you need to realize that Trump came to my grandfather's birthday party a couple years ago, okay. his ninety fifth birthday party, and um, so we've we've I don't want to say we're best friends with the Trump organization, we're not, sure. or Mr. Trump for that matter, yeah. Um, but we've been in contact with him over the years. Uh, matter of fact, um, when Trump was uh, during the election, um, Trump there was a there was a bad flooding down in Louisiana. They uh, had lots of rain. What? Bad flooding. Oh, bad flooding. In Louisiana. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so Barack Obama didn't go down there. Mm. Um, he was taking a little bit of heat for not going down there. Hillary Clinton didn't go down there. Uh, but Trump said, I want to go down there. So he called my father and said, you know, I want to come and see the work that Samaritan's Purse is doing down there. So uh, Trump and my father met down there and dad wow. gave him a tour of what, you know, some of the disaster relief area that we we're working in. And so, uh, I mean, we've been in contact uh, with the Trump organization and, um, you know, he's he's been nice. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I have not met him personally, so I can't really yeah. speak on the personal side.
2: I mean, Dr. Dobson actually said that he thought he had uh, come to Christ uh, or all. And, and do you think that his meeting with you was purely political, uh, you know, going and visiting with, with what your father was doing and so forth and showing up at the birthday parties? Or do you think that he— is that more? Well, than- he wasn't
3: running for office when we came to my granddads. Yeah. So there was nothing political about that. Okay. And um, you know, it's just um, you know, I think he has a concern for people. He, I mean, he uh, he's one that really loves people, all different yeah. types of people. He employs a lot of people. Yeah. You know, That's across good. the world. Yeah. And um, you know, he's what I like about what I like about Trump, and this, this has nothing to do with politics. Sure. It deals with what he is in life, and he's a businessman. Yeah. A businessman knows how to sacrifice something to get the greater good. If I'm going to buy your house, I'm going to have to come to an agreeable price. Yeah. I'm going to have to max what I feel is like my max offer. And you're going to have to say, "Mm, I think we can, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take your offer. I want more money. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you another 20,000 when you take it. Okay. You know, you both have to agree to something. Sure. And that's what I like about a it's businessman. It's going to be more
2: like another 50,000 here in San Diego, though. you got to
3: understand <laughs> Well, it's going to be a lot more. You know, but, yeah. you know, you, you have to come to an agreement as yeah. a businessman to make a deal work. And that's one thing I think that uh, Trump can do. When you see lawyers, nothing against lawyers here, but lawyers want to win at all costs. Uh huh. And when they go into a courtroom, they want to represent their client and they want to take everything they can, uh, you know, for their client. Because that's what their job is. is yeah. To, go, you know, help their client. And so, but with a businessman, they say, oh, no, there's got to be a middle ground here where you can both win and come away with something. And so I I like the business aspect of what Trump can bring to the president. We've never had really a businessman for president. He's the first. Yeah. And so um, a true businessman. So this is going to be, I mean, we we still have to pray for Trump and his, in his in his team. Yeah. There's a lot of work to be done regardless of who was present. There's and a lot, lot of, of crazy decisions
2: that have to be made.
3: You know, and my grandfather Clinton said this, and I learned this from Bill Clinton.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Bill Clinton said when he got into office that he realized the magnitude of the office and that he knew that there's no way he could do this on his own. Yeah. He needed help from God to do this. And uh, when you get into that office, you realize that there's, they, they carry a weight on their shoulders that only, 44 Trump will he'll be number 45. There's only 44 other men in the world that have carried the weight of the United States upon their shoulders. That's a small group. Yeah. No, there's not too many people that would understand that weight. That, so we need to, to be, carry. we need to be praying for these exactly that, whether it was Hillary or Trump. Yeah. There's yeah. an incredible amount of pressure. They have to make decisions that, a lot of decisions that you and I will never know. Yeah. And they have to do it on a moment's notice to make these important decisions on the behalf of our whole country. And we, whether there are where we voted for them or not, we have to appreciate their willingness to serve our country and to take and make those important decisions. Yeah. And it's always easy to sit in the chair, like right here <laughs> behind a microphone and judge. Arm- armchair coach, It is, you know, when they have to make a decision on the, on the, on the fly like that at times. And it's easy to second guess them. And uh, I'm sure we'll all be second guessing things at times.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, what, what's interesting is um, you have a different perspective than maybe the average local pastor has simply because you've been around the world so often and you've spoken around the world and you, you, you're getting a, maybe a perspective of um, worldwide Christianity and what's happening that others uh, might not have. What are you seeing? Wh- where was the last country you were at, and what are you seeing um, from your perspective worldwide? I know you were quoted recently in um, Christianity Today as saying, uh, this is, you know, we're coming into the end times here, and that, that Christ may uh, come back during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you saying that sort of thing?
3: Well, I mean, when you I look at through a biblical perspective, Perspective, you know, when you see the when you read and study the scriptures, you know, it, there's nothing left to be fulfilled for the return of Christ. Now, there's still some things that need to be take place, you know, before the final curtains called. But for the actual immediate return of Christ, there's nothing left to be fulfilled. um He could come at any moment now. Uh, so that that's one thing. But when you see, now, all are you the talking th-
2: about the state of Israel being established? And what are you, are you thinking of something specifically that has been fulfilled that nothing
3: else? Well, be but the one, the big one is the. Israel becoming a nation. That was the big one that's been lacking for so many years. Yeah. That one has now been, well, for about 60 years now, uh, Israel's been here. And so that one, but everything's in place for the return of Christ. I mean, there's really nothing left for the return, uh, you know, to take place for the return of Christ to come. Sure. And so, and when you start seeing the the rumors of war, you see the end times, almost everything in the world seems to be pointing. It seems like it's coming to a climax. Yeah, yeah non-religious people saying things can't keep going. There seem, everything seems to be coming to a climax. Yeah, almost about to explode. Yeah. Uh, even I in our own country. Would I see was that. thinking
2: uh, if Hillary ele- was elected, then Jesus was going to come back right away. But now that Trump's been elected, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe he's
3: delaying. Whoa, well, Christ can <laughs> still return. Yeah, I know. But uh, you know, but you know, we don't know when the return of Christ is. We yeah. should be looking. We should be anticipating. And for me, I'm going to be preaching. Yeah, you know, trying to get as many people into heaven as I can, not because of anything I can do, sure, but I can share that gospel. They can receive Christ, receive the Holy Spirit, and have their sins forgiven, and then go to heaven.
2: Okay. So do you have plans as far as a, are you, are there any, um, you call your, your outreach is celebration. That's right. right? celebrations.
3: like a crusade, the same thing as a crusade. I just changed the names to call it a celebration. Sure.
2: And, um, are those planned for the future, upcoming
3: future? uh, Oh yeah. We got, I got some, we're going to plan for about the next seven, eight years. (laughs) Or when I say plan next year, definitely. I got that on rock, you know, Uh carved in stone. You know, when you start getting two and three years out, we're, you know, we're starting to make headways in some of those areas and. Some, you know, five, six out there, we, you know, we're still got a few years out.
2: Okay. My guest today is Will Graham with the BGEA. That's BillyGraham.org. Stay with us. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what he's seeing around the world in other countries as he goes and preaches the gospels to these other countries and uh, what they have coming up in the future here. Stay with us. We're going to be right back.
4: Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart.
0: 619 222
5: 0766. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34 year pioneer, best selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com. 619 562 0766. 5446. What do leading local restaurants have in common?
2: tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and my website is educateforlife.org. My guest today is Will Graham. He's with the BGEA, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And uh, he's here in San Diego right now, um, sharing the gospel, uh, and specifically the the Christmas message, right, um, with Dennis Agajanian. If you don't know who Dennis is, he's fantastic, lives out here in Alpine, and uh, he's been around for a long time, um, leading uh, worship and, uh, and singing with Franklin Graham, your father, um, I heard yep. since 1975.
3: Yeah, they're they're uh, they're best friends, and so I mean they they ride motorcycles together and travel the world. And Dennis has been really my dad's one of his best friends in life. And they ca- dad preaches, Dennis sings, and that's about all they need. Even though even though you're all the way, you're from North Carolina, is that that's right? correct?
2: And so that's quite a distance, but yet they they maintain that friendship, huh?
3: That's right. They're very good friends. That's fantastic. Uh,
2: well. Um, so, so where have you been recently in the world? Uh, what countries do you go to where you, where you've shared the gospel?
3: Well, i I've, I've, I mean, I've gone to every continent, I guess, except Antarctica. Okay. So that's on my bucket list, but uh, not too many towns there are willing you'd to call evangelists. Uh,
2: the wildlife is what you'd be sharing with, right? Just, and a few scientists and <laughs> yeah. that's about it.
3: But, um, you know, um, where, I mean, I, we've, this has been one of the most tremendous years of ministry I have ever seen personally in my life. Yeah. And uh, I can't speak for everyone because there's so many people going to other parts of the world. Uh, this year, we were in Australia. Uh huh. We saw a huge outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Alice Springs, right in the heart of the outback. Now, I've Australia. heard I've
2: heard that Australia
3: is pretty uh, secularized. They yeah. are, but but they have a Christian heritage. Yeah. And uh, so when you preach over there, they they they'll identify as Christian, whether they're if they're Christian or not, they identify as Christian. Oh, really? Okay. You know, just the average Australian person, well, they're going to identify as Christian. Oh, that's interesting. Um, kind of like like Southern America. Yeah. You know, well, I'm not Buddhist. I'm not Muslim. I'm Christian. You know, <laughs> but they'll never go to church. They don't know the Bible. You know, they can't quote a scripture, but they'll identify as Christian. So <laughs> yeah. they're they're pro God in a sense. Yeah, yeah. They're conservative in nature as a whole. Uh, I'm talking about morals and stuff. There. Yeah. For the most part, they're pretty conservative people. They're a lot like America. As a matter of fact, they're probably more like Americans than any other country I've ever been to. Um,
2: now, which is the more difficult place to preach and share the gospel and see people come
3: forward? Well, the most difficult place uh, for me is Japan. Oh. I mean, Japan is one of the most difficult places. I mean, it, they almost call it the graveyard of evangelism. But yet we've seen some great things take place there as well. I mean, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people come to know Christ. And they say hundreds it, when the average church is 10 you know, six, yeah, uh, and you got hundreds of coming to Christ. I mean, this is unbelievable. The things that they've never seen in their lifetime, we've seen God do in the last couple of years in so Japan.
2: Just a breaking down of spiritual strongholds, or what's, what's
3: going uh, just, on? Just well, just the move of the Holy Spirit for yeah. sure. Yeah, and um, and so many people in Japan have no hope. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a, um, a works type of mentality. When I say works, I'm talking about you. You got to make money. You got to produce. That's your call in life. And if you lose your job, it's shame. And then they just commit suicide because wow. they let their family down. They don't know how to live with it.
2: No, on, yeah, because the honor. And, that's right. And, so, yeah.
3: and it's a culture that's so vastly different than in any Western thought. I yeah. mean, it's just a foreign concept. I don't fully understand it. And it's, that's why it's one of the hardest places to communicate. They don't even have a word for sin. Uh, so when you communicate sin, when you say the word sin, it's translated bank robber, murderer. Well, everyone's like, well, I'm not, I'm not one of them. I'm not a sinner. And so you have to, you have to start at the very basics of who, who God is. They, they don't have a real concept of who God is. They don't have an idea of a Supreme being. They believe in ancestral spirits, but they don't have a God. And so when you, you got to start with God, then you got to start with disobeying God, which we call sin, but you have to almost, you have to start at the very basics to describe even to start your message. So it's a, that's to me it's one of the hardest places to preach because I'm so used to calling sin and church and the Bible and they're not those, familiar with those any terms words are, at all those those are just going blank faces and right that's there. just
2: because of the complete uh secularism of it there's just this, no concept of sin at all
3: it's yeah just... cult- culturally it's such a foreign and that's why the church has always struggled because we try to make it as a western institution into a mm-hmm. an eastern you know, philosophy. Yeah. And so it's a very difficult, um, and there are some good churches out there. Don't get me wrong. And and there's great missionaries. there. still doing some great work, but we've seen some God, Holy spirit, especially in the East. Right now I get to go into China. I have the ability to preach in China.
2: Always been a closed door. Uh, I mean, open, open and closed,
3: but uh, it's been closed for most of its life. Yeah. I heard, I,
2: I had some friends that were missionaries in China and they were told they had to leave because, the government was kind of cracking down on Christian missionaries.
3: Well, you got It's, it's, it's a, it's a little bit hard to understand, but for the most part, you, ha, you got to abide by the rules. Mm. And if you abide by the rules, they're very accommodating. Okay. And so for us, we, and we're such a large organization. We only worked with the recognized church, which is oh, okay. the state sponsored church. Yeah. And, um, and uh, there, we know that we understand that there's a lot of Christians that don't go to the state sponsored church, but yeah. when I've been there, I've had complete freedom. I can preach on anything I want. Wow. And uh, I've never been restricted in any way. I've got complete freedom. I give an invitation, people give their life to Christ. That's amazing. Um but my see here's the thing for me yeah. for me for yeah. Will Graham, yeah. they see me as Chinese. And you're like you're looking at me like I know your listeners are like, huh? <laughs> well, though you sound like a white person. Yeah. Well, I am a, I'm Caucasian. I'm white. So how do I fit into Chinese? My grandmother was born in China. The Chinese government loves my grandmother. They, they love the medical missionaries. At That's China. right. You're I, I read uh, your your grandfather's biography and she
2: was actually planning. Your grandmother was planning on becoming a missionary in China.
3: That's right. She yeah. wanted to go to Tibet, which was don't, and this is where it gets a little bit dicey. <laughs> political, too. Yeah, political, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tibet at that time was a separate country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and, to, and for and for a lot of people, I mean, China owns Tibet now. I mean, yeah. they, they govern Tibet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, there are a different people group They're called Tibetans. They're not Chinese. Yeah, the Dalai um, Lama. And, that's right, yeah, Dalai Lama's yeah. from there, um, and so there, that's a big political issue. And that's one of the things you don't preach on. You don't yeah. talk about Tibet. You don't talk about Tiananmen Square. Um, you know, uh, or or, or uh, Taiwan,
2: Mao Mao Zedong. Oh, Ma, yeah, uh, Mao Zedong. Uh, the, the mass. The amount of people that he.
3: Uh, well, yeah, you don't talk about those. But I'm not there to talk about yeah. those things. I'm talking yeah. about Jesus. Yeah, and so for me, it's I have complete freedom to preach to preach the gospel freely. Matter of fact, uh, we're, while we were there, uh, we had a, a person from the U.S. consulate. Uh, she heard about this and she showed up. Uh, and we, you know, we're we like, what? You know, what are you doing here? Because she was the only other Caucasian person in oh, the yeah. whole church yeah. with us. <laughs> and so um, she said, well, we want the, the government, the U.S. government was wanting to investigate. How come you guys have the ability to preach when the, Chinese as a whole are kind of yeah. are clamping down on some certain religious things, churches, and what we found out that the Chinese government was cracking down on a lot of different religions, not just Christianity. Oh, okay. So that's the first thing. Mm. But a lot of the things were done. The churches had did not do what they were supposed to do. Like uh, for example, I'm just going to make an example. This is not. Sure. This is just not the rule. Of, it's just kind of the rule of thumb. Some of these churches were getting big, and the government said, "All right, you can build a." a hundred foot structure. So they built a roof with a hundred, you know, a hundred feet high and they put a, you know, 10 foot cross on top Well, the government said you didn't have permission to put that cross on there. Cause we said a hundred foot. Yeah. You got 110 feet. So they took down the cross. So now the government's being blamed for taking down crosses. Well, it's, I see. Sometimes I it see. was, uh, they missed, they didn't do what they were supposed to yeah. do. So what's the lesson here? I mean, what's the moral of the story as far as it
2: it's concerned. I'm going to, um, when we come back, Um, We're going to talk about this. My guest today is Will Graham. He's with the BGEA, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And uh, you're listening to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're going to be right back and talk about what's the moral of the story when preaching the gospel in places that seem like they're hostile to Christianity. We're going to be right back.
0: In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Main and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with
1: Kevin Conover. Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866.
0: 619
2: 222 0766. There's got to be more than going back and forth from doing right to doing Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Um, I've got a YouTube channel. We're on iTunes. We, I've got my website, educateforlife.org. Uh, you can check out uh, all these uh, different avenues for listening to shows. If you like to see what you're listening to, um, YouTube Educate for Life video. Um, you can see me and Mr. Graham here in the studio. We're, we're down in the KPRZ studio here in San Diego up in University City and uh, just having a good time here. And so uh, check us out there. Uh, Will, when we left off with the last segment, um, you were talking about how you've got this amazing uh, freedom to be able to share the gospel in China, which I'm sure a lot of ministries are envious of. They're kind of like, how did you do that? You mm-hmm. said the U.S. government themselves are kind of like, what in the world? How do you guys yeah, do that? Yeah,
3: the U.S. government came down because, you know, they there they, have been all these reports about China— cracking down on uh, Christianity but really it was across the board of all different religions uh, they they only recognize certain religions they don't recognize every yeah. religion it's run by the state agency for religious affairs uh they're wonderful people they've been very gracious to us and to my family especially and all this has to do basically because I'm my grandmother Ruth Graham Billy Graham's wife yeah. was born in China and so this is just an extension of that friendship. We've made some wonderful friends over there. Uh we even with the Chinese government. Um they've been so kind to to my granddad, to my dad and to me.
2: Yeah. So the moral of the story here is kind of build these relationships, have good relationships yeah. and uh and is is this the kind of advice to other organizations you would give is is uh, it's it's a really a biblical principle
3: isn't it right submit to the authorities yeah well, and that's what we do and um you know there's some christian organizations that work under the work under the government's radar yeah um you know, we don't do that uh we want to work with the government in doing this and we've seen these great things take place i yeah. mean uh, i work, we work in Jiangsu province a lot that's where my that's where my great grandparents were serving as missionaries and there's more Christians in Jiangsu province than any other. So there's a lot more churches there, a lot more pro-Christian um, policies, you might say, as a whole there. Yeah. I, I, I've never been to other parts of China. So my Chinese experience is very limited. I, I mean, I'm not here. I'm not blind to say that there's not problems in other places. Sure. But from my personal experience, I've had one of the greatest privileges uh, to preach the gospel with total freedom. And um, you see people
2: coming to Christ there, too.
3: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh I mean, we have just seen God do some amazing things. I preached in my grandmother's home church, um, where she was, and um, it's just one of those neat things to see and to, to be a part of. And uh, I appreciate the, the Chinese government allowing me to come; they, they give me the permission uh, to come and to preach. Now, you said and, there's one place where you haven't, uh, where you've been restricted in what you've. Yeah, seen. The, the, the only place I've been restricted ever in all the countries I've gone to. Yeah, I've only one place I've been restricted, and that was here in the United States with the West Point. I was told what I could not preach on. I could not preach on homosexuality. Uh, I couldn't preach uh, on Muslims and I couldn't say anything about Obama. And uh but what does that say what does that say about America? It, it what, a to, lot. what what happened to free speech and freedom of religion? Yeah, and normally it, my 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 policy is if I would have known that ahead of time I would never accepted it. Mm. You, you can't tell me what I can and what I cannot preach on. But because it was at the last minute, I'm talking about less than 24 hours, we had already made a commitment to the troops, and they were looking forward to it. We came anyway, but the thing is, I'm not going to preach. I'm not there to preach on Obama. I'm not there to preach on homosexuality. (laughs) I'm not preaching on Muslims. I'm preaching on Jesus Christ. That's what my focus is. So I went ahead and did it, and we saw a whole bunch of young men and women give their life to Christ that night. And these are evangelistic outreaches that we've been uh, able to do. I'm hoping with the, i tell you one thing, uh, the chaplains have had a tough time in the U.S. military yeah, the I last eight years. I on the
2: chaplains on the, uh, on the air. To, one of them was a chaplain to the Navy SEALs, and uh, they were saying that same thing.
3: So I'm hoping with the new administration, um, and we don't know, I mean, it's still yet to be determined, you know, but I'm hoping that there'll be some more friendlier policies um, for religion. I mean, the religion is being, It's it's tough to have religion in the military right now. There's a lot of outside groups, Outside the Pentagon, trying to force the Pentagon. Freedom from
2: Religion Foundation, ACLU. Um, So what's your gut feeling as far as the next four years are concerned? Do you, you know, some people, I've talked to pastors and people sit just throwing up their hands saying, "Ah, it's over. Um, What's your feeling as far as, you know, what's going to happen over the next four years as far as Christianity is concerned in America?
3: Well, it's up to the preachers. I mean, that's the bottom line. Mm. I mean, look at, you want to look at the greatest church explosions is under persecution. Mm. So um, we might have some new freedoms coming. We may not. I mean, we're yet to determine this. Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing you, you can, that you can predict is that it's going to be unpredictable Yeah. <laughs> with Trump. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, <laughs> it's going to be exciting no matter what. <laughs> it, it is. It really, there won't be dull, I yeah. don't think. Um, but, you know, my hope is not found in Donald Trump. Yeah you know, my hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that God will direct the King's heart like a water course, wherever he wishes. And that Donald Trump will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be led by good men and women around him. And um, that's what I've been praying for. But my hope won't be found in Donald Trump. Yeah. It's only found in Jesus Christ. And so it's up to preachers to proclaim the good news and to make an inroads into our communities.
2: Yeah. So where in, in your own life, when did you have this, uh, have you had uh, any kind of uh, epiphanies or moments where you felt like, "Boy, the Holy Spirit just hit me, and I knew this is what I was supposed to do. Where I was supposed to go." Did, did have you always felt called to be an evangelist, or did that happen at some certain point? No, in your
3: life? Uh, there's no, there's no like, oh, you know, the board up against the head feeling. You yeah, know? <laughs> I, I look back and I see breadcrumbs, and uh, I probably started all the way back in the second grade. Uh, I see the first breadcrumb. Uh huh. What was that? And it? Uh, I drew. The teacher said, "Draw a picture." Of what you want to be in life. Most yeah. people drew, you know, well. Since we're in San Diego, Dan Fouts, yeah. <laughs> helmet or something <laughs> like that. Joe Montana's, you know, um, all these great players. You know, Danny White. I'm a Cowboy fan. Uh uh-huh. For one of the few years that we can be happy uh, until last <laughs> yesterday, but they um, got still a great season going on. But um, everyone drew, you know, all the boys want to be a football player. Yeah. I drew two pictures. I drew a pair of David Clark headsets. Now, that won't make sense for most people, but that's what a lot of pilots, private pilots would use, David Clark headsets. These would be headphones with a microphone, and that's how you would communicate, you know, uh, with your radio back yeah. to back to land. Um, I also drew an open Bible. So I wanted to fly around, tell people about Jesus. Oh, that's awesome. So— I didn't know what that meant, yeah. you know, but you're looking back, that was the first breadcrumb that I can see. It probably wasn't until I was about 15 years old that I just surrendered to, to be used by God, however you see fit. And I gave my life to Christ when I was um, almost six years old. Uh, so coming up uh, like the first, it was like January 6th or 11th. I, I think I gave my life to Christ yeah. when I was uh, in 1981 and I gave my life to Christ and, but it was sec- second grade where, or uh, when I was 15 when I felt like I was being called to full-time ministry. Okay. Didn't know what that was. Yeah. So, um, and then I just, I never planned to be an evangelist. Uh, I was a pastor for a while, loved it, miss it. Uh, but God called me to be an evangelist uh, when I was pastoring church. What do church. you miss
2: about being a pastor?
3: Uh, well, I guess the smell of the sheep. <laughs> sheep still smell and they still bite but I sure do love them yeah and I just miss being in the pulpit every Sunday Uh and so what I do for me because I'm an evangelist I don't get to preach every Sunday Mm. Um, I run a part of our ministry called The Cove in Asheville, North Carolina it's like a conference center yeah and then I make my staff listen to me every Friday for 30 minutes. That's how I get my preaching That's in. Awesome. So they, I forced them. That's right. <laughs> I'm your boss. You have to listen to Smile. me. I'm paying you to listen to me. So pay. That's right. So, But God's so good. And I love, uh, I love preaching and digging through God's word.
2: That's great. So you didn't have a prodigal uh, period like your father did?
3: No. My-, my dad was blessed to have children like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's for sure. Because right. he didn't deserve it. I can tell you that. That's great.
2: My guest today is Will Graham, and uh, we're going to be right back. We've got one more segment left, and I'm going to ask Will, uh, what is he getting for Christmas? Uh, The all-important question. So uh, we'll be right back.
1: Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866.
5: Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446.
4: In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the
0: family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash & Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Main and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover.
1: Welcome to Educate
2: for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and my website is educateforlife.org. My guest today is Will Graham. He is the grandson of Billy Graham, the son of Franklin Graham, and uh, you're probably familiar with his name. And uh, Will... uh, you know, I I actually named my, my son uh, Graham. His mm. name is Graham Conover. I was a big fan of Billy Graham. Read his biography when that's I was a good. kid. So uh, I found out that Graham means warrior. Did you know that in old English? I thought it was conqueror. But. Oh, well, conqueror. Maybe that's what it is. So warrior, conqueror, yeah. My middle name is Graham, Kevin Graham Conover, so... We have Grams back there, so we're probably
3: distantly related. You trust me that you don't want to be related that close. <laughs> no, trust <yeah>. me. <laughs> Keep your distance <laughs> if you know what's better.
2: Yeah. So, you know, um, I was going to ask you, um, Your your father has so much experience as an evangelist. Your grandfather has so much experience as an evangelist. Now, have they ever given you advice about, hey, this is what I would do differently if I had to do it over again. Don't make these same mistakes I made. Uh what kind of a, what kind of advice have they given you to Yeah,
3: to, they both give me advice, yeah. I mean, and and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, they my grandfather's got probably more experience of being an evangelist than anyone in human history. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I he's he, not,
3: he's 98 years old.
2: Largest crowd um largest uh in-person crowd, a million people, I think it was in China.
3: Well, one, it, no, it was in uh, South Korea, uh at Yoida Plaza in Seoul. Okay. Uh, 1.1 million people. Um but I mean, he he's had the longevity. He started early, yeah, he's, and he's technically still going in a sense. Uh, How not, old is he now? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. So most That's people don't right. live to be ninety eight. How's and, his health now? Uh, oh, he's the best way to describe it is just old. Yeah, you know, just frail. Yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with him. His he doesn't hear very well, doesn't see very well. Uh huh. Um, but uh, in his mind still, I'd say, good. Maybe yeah. not excellent, but good. Yeah. Sometimes he's on medicine. And anytime you're on medicine, that affects your mind. Yeah. So I don't know how much of it's his mind strong and or how much of it's the medicine kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, take him down a notch or two. But he's got 24 hour nurse care. He lives in his own home and uh, but still makes decisions and does pretty good and um, doesn't talk a whole bunch now. I always kind of joke and say he wakes up so he can take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> and he sleeps a lot. But he's ninety eight. When you when you get ninety eight, you got every right to do what you want. Exactly.
2: If, if God keeps you around that long. <laughs> yeah.
3: But I'm grateful. God's God's use him in mighty way. And um, so, what advice? Uh, what advice? He, you know, he said, "I wish I took in less speaking engagements." Oh, okay. And uh, and not doing less crusades. Yeah. But it was like less. Um, no offense, but less interviews, Yeah, <laughs> um, but, okay. you know, less uh, going to speak in conferences and stuff like that. Um, he said, I wish I spent took that time and spent more time in prayer. OK, he said prayer is the key to everything. And um, you, we need to pray more. If we could. He said I could accomplish so much more if I spent more time on my knees. Wow,
2: that's powerful. And so that's advice. a big regret
3: for him. Yeah. Uh, he wished he didn't travel much, but for him, they didn't have airplanes like they do now or, yeah. and they don't have FaceTime or email yeah for that's my job it's a lot easier when I travel because I can get there and come back pretty quick um I can talk to my kids and you know talk to them encourage them you exactly. know play with yeah. them that's amazing and it? send pictures so they can be kind of a part of it as well so yeah. there's a lot of things that are different than I have that my grandfather did not have as it um for him uh-huh and so um i you know I can be I can travel and get home lot quicker than he could, so he was gone for sometimes three you know six months- or four months at a time. It was a long time,
2: yeah, it is oh yeah, it's like being in the military almost yeah, yeah, so now do you um are you working on any books or anything like that? Do you no, write at I, all
3: or well let's say i've I got some things in the oven, but. Man, if I, if I write somebody uh, write a book no one would buy it. So I'm just kind of like I don't want to I don't I don't want to have to buy my own books. Yeah. So I'm not writing any books right now, but i have been working on some things. So uh I, mean, I love commentaries. So I've been working on the 1st Samuel commentary. Oh, wow. And uh, I've been going through 1st Samuel. It Took me 7 years to preach it to my staff. <laughs> That's so, awesome. It's um, good that they were forced to verse be there. by verse, word by word, we go through the whole book together. So now I'm in the 2nd Samuel, but I'm trying to finish up my 1st Samuel uh Script, you might say. Uh, That's fantastic. So we'll see what happens. Lord willing, let God use it for his glory. Yeah, very exciting.
2: Well, um, any other advice your father or your grandfather gave you?
3: Well, uh, my dad's a lot more practical. I remember when I was preaching one of my first crusades, uh-huh. and dad was giving me a list of people to thank and um i was like but i had a big i was outside and, and there's thunderstorms coming so i said dad what happens if it starts raining or thundering you know what do i do what do yeah. i need do i need to tell people all right let's this thing's over we got to get out of here with lightning you know because we're in an open field yeah and he said no son you need to think. this person it's not going to rain you need to think. this person and i was like all right make taking notes i'm thinking thinking all right dad i'm thinking all these people what happens if it lightnings? you know what do i need <laughs> to do son it's not going to lightning just keep and sure enough um I remember I was preaching, and behind the stage, I saw this big lightning bolt hit the ground. I mean, like, you know, 30 miles away type wow. thing, way off in the distance. Yeah. And uh, I just remember I started preaching really loud to cover up the thunder. <laughs> <laughs> so I think people were like, oh, you know, people started to No big it out. deal.
2: Don't worry about it. My dad told me it's fine. That's <laughs> right.
3: I was just going over, I was just trying to preach over the thunder in the distance. Yeah. It was still a long ways off. And but I could see it coming because it was at night. I could see it coming. It was behind the people. And, uh, but Lord, God was good. God, We had, saw a great harvest that night. And as soon as I walked off stage and got in the car, the, the heavens opened up and it started pouring. But, uh, uh, you know, Dad gives me some good practical advice, and uh, Dad you, keeps me reined in. Are
2: you ever afraid when you uh, go preach? Are you ever nervous? or uh...
3: No, and I, I preach in some pretty dangerous places. I mean, I was preaching in India one time when the RSS, which is a radical Hindu group, uh, they, they, they beat Christians. They kill Christians. Wow they can get away with it in their country you're talking one of the most persecuted places in the world is a christian in india and um is that a ha-
2: particular part of india or no for the whole, the whole for the
3: place. whole country matter of yeah. fact i was actually in the in kerala which is a christian state and uh, the rss was i mean they just had a big political rally they had their election coming up so they had a big political rally yeah right beside where my venue was but christians outnumber the the Hindus in this area. So the, these Hindus didn't act up because they're the minority there. Yeah. But there was i I'd say there was about five, 6,000 of Mark. Walk, walk right in front of my hotel. They didn't know I was in there, but they would have known they would have caused some problems. Wow. But um, a lot of persecution there. And they got a, they got a prime minister. That's a very anti-Christian uh, person. And matter of fact, he was banned by the George Bush for coming into the United States for killing, allowing Muslims to be killed in his state and not do anything
2: allowing Muslims to be killed yeah
3: Muslims oh. and, and Muslims and Christians are minorities okay and so a lot of times you see Muslims and Christians working together in India but uh, moti was um he was banned uh, by George Bush now when he became prime minister uh obviously you gotta allow him to come to the United States and stuff like that but um that's one place where we're seeing Christianity really squandered I mean just being Squished, you you yeah. squished over yeah. there. So
2: Now, um, what about uh, Muslim countries? Do you ever have a chance to, to share the gospel in Muslim countries?
3: No, I don't travel to too many Muslim countries. It's uh, for my namesake, I mean, for my being a name, Graham, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm kind of a big target and those around me become a target. So uh, I don't, not that we try to shy away. We, sure. we go into Muslim countries. We don't do open air evangelism yeah. just because one that they, they don't allow us or it just becomes now you're. You're inviting trouble. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
2: It becomes uh, more, more uh, dangerous. uh, Yeah. I mean, you'll have have some terrorists coming with a bomb or something. Yeah. Yeah. And hurt a lot
3: of innocent people. So we don't try to do that, but uh, we try to use common sense and uh, we don't back down from Muslims. Um, My dad, you know, we, we believe that Muslims are like anybody else. Yeah. They're, they're wicked. If you don't know Christ, you may be a good person. You may be here in the United States. Yeah. You're wicked. Yeah. Apart from Christ, you're wicked. Yeah. And so that's anybody. Um, but for those who put their faith in Christ, God's forgiven you of your rebellion and the sin, and uh, you're a new creation in Him.
2: Amen, Amen. So for any of you listening out there, that's the message right there. Uh, Christ can save you. He loves you. He died on the cross for your sins if you'll repent. So, um, well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Will, for being on the show today. Yeah, thank it's you, a Kate. huge blessing. And uh, I'll be praying for your ministry. I love what you guys are doing. It's amazing. Praise God that He's given you the favor He has all around the world. It's incredible. So, uh, we'll have an exciting four years here with Trump and, and, uh, Lord willing, more doors for the gospel well, in America will open too.
3: Well, we just need to keep praying. We need to pray for, and just and proclaim the good news wherever we go. We, we need to be bold.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, we'll be here back here next week. Educateforlife.org is my website. You're listening to Educate for Life. This is your host, Kevin Conover, signing off. I hope you have a fantastic
0: Saturday. Merry Christmas. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit educateforlife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email kevcon at educateforlife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at educateforlife.com.
1: You will always be much more to me And every
2: day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right
1: But that's alright